Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. There is no shortage of action going on with our partners at BetOnline.ag. The sports world is slowly making its way back. The NBA is almost here. But right now, UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and international soccer have all resumed play, and BetOnline has the best odds for their upcoming games. Need more? BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day for our devout gamblers to check out. BetOnline also offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. Visit betonline.ag on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. You are listening to The Bird Calls on the Armchair All-American Network. For more on your Pelicans, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. Another episode of the Bird Calls podcast. I'm your host and contributor to thebirdrights.com and Bleacher Report, Preston Ellis. Today, we're joined by editor-in-chief to thebirdrights.com, Ali Cosell, and special guest from Fox Sports NOLA, Jennifer Hale. How are you doing, Jen? I'm awesome. Thanks so much for having me, guys. How are y'all holding up? Pretty good. I'll just give you a quick summary of my life. I know that Ali's uh, undergone some craziness, too. Uh, my wife just got finished with surgery uh, two weeks ago. We had our first baby three months uh, ago. So it's been the craziest time for all of this uh, to, to take place. But I have to say that I'm super grateful to be at home <laughs> with my infant. It couldn't be better timing for me. But with that being said, like, what a wild time to be alive. I wonder if this is going to be I don't know, one of the most important times, not only of our generation, but of our collective lives. I don't know. How is it hitting you, Ollie? Yeah, I've been basically a worry ward this whole time because I've got people in the family who uh, are susceptible to picking up this virus and, of course, being in that high-risk category. My dad had recently, in the last year, had a heart attack and a stroke. You know, he's always healthy as like a horse until this past year, right before the pandemic hit. So been worried about that and and taking care of several other families or family members in similar situations. So I just, I am praying for that vaccine to hurry up and get here because I'm just so worried about how poorly of a job America's done mitigating this disease. Yeah. And a lot of people say like, do you actually know anybody who's had the COVID for areas that it hasn't directly affected as much as it has in places like Florida and New Orleans? And yeah, my godparents both have it. So my parents have been sequestered away from them. Uh, what about you, Jen? Obviously we're starting on a dark note, but how have the past three months been for you? Definitely crazy times. You feel like there's no doubt you're going to read about this in the history books going forward or the history online program. I suppose books will be a thing of the past here shortly, uh, both with the COVID and uh, with the 
new level that race relations and hopefully race understanding is, is reaching right now. Um, I agree with Ollie. It's been intimidating. It's been scary. Um, all the unknown. When are we going back to work? What will this do to the economy? The, the global picture. And then, of course, the personal picture, too, for uh, family members. Um, I, I have some health issues for myself. And then just the toll of being by yourself for so long. New Orleans is such a social city. I don't think I have ever in my adult life, I know I haven't spent this much time by myself or this much time not traveling. <laughs> have you gotten a dog yet by any chance because of the downtime? <laughs> I haven't. I would love to get one, but I am I am believing that we're going to go back to somewhat normal and I'll be traveling again soon. Mm -hmm. And Ollie, I'm on the road probably 250 days a year. So as much as you're... I'd love to have one, I just don't feel like it's fair to the dog. No, I know. You've always told me that. But I just thought maybe, you know, at least, a, you know, maybe foster. But I know you're also renovating your house. So you've got too much on your plate. But listen, Jim, I want to get to that. I have babysat several. <laughs> what was that? I'm sorry. What was that? I have babysat for several puppies. <laughs> Listen, I want to get to the basketball tournament that I'm not sure too many people are aware that's going to be starting up in July in Columbus, where you're going to be a part of it for 10 days. And that's going to be the first basketball that, you know, America is going to be able to host uh, even before the NBA. But before I get to that, I'm, I'm curious on your thoughts on how you feel about this coronavirus and it basically affecting you and your job because of your history, you know, where you had the cardiomyopathy and stuff. Are there special concerns, precautions that you have to take? And also... Please dive in on anything else that you would like to add to, um, you know, any kind of message. Oh, well, thank you. I, I love talking about it only because I was so unaware when I was diagnosed and, and I wish I wish I'd been more aware. I wish I'd heard. So I was diagnosed with dilated cardiomyopathy, which essentially means the left side of my heart stretched out. The left side is the side that pumps the blood out to your body. So while my heart was taking the necessary amount of blood in, it wasn't pumping enough out. Uh, I got all swollen. I was extremely fatigued. Um, lower lower extremities were, were kind of shutting down, for lack of a better term. Um, thankfully for me, medication worked. For about a third of the people, they have to get a transplant. A third of the people, medication work. And a third, it's a five-year life expectancy. So mm -hmm. I've always been so grateful to be in that third that medication worked. And in terms of the pandemic, Ollie, I talked obviously a ton with my cardiologist about this. Short answer is we are not sure. Um, his thought is that I needed to be a little extra careful, but because mm -hmm. thankfully the medication has worked and my heart is now at a normal function, he thought I would be much less susceptible than say someone um, or, or where I would have been two years ago when my heart still wasn't back to normal and was at a low function. That being said, we don't know and boy, Every time you turn on the news, you know, something changes with COVID and the warnings mm -hmm. change and the virus mutates, changes to how it's operating. So, yes, I have been careful. I super strictly quarantined, uh, you know, didn't even go out to get groceries or that type of thing in the beginning. I, I am not that strict now. Um, I am feeling better and better about things. Certainly when I go out, I always wear a mask. Um, mm -hmm. but, but better safe than sorry because... Yeah, I, I don't know for sure. Uh, keeping, obviously, on my medications 
religiously, uh, not that I wasn't before, but even more so now, and just uh, hoping that this passes. Well, uh, first and foremost, just want to express how glad we are that you're healthy. I, I know all of us are very passionate to get our sports back, but at the end of the day, uh, the health of our friends and family uh, and those we respect and admire is, is first and foremost the priority going forward. And with that, I wouldn't mind if you'd give us a little bit of story time. I think it might have been March 11th was the infamous game against the Sacramento Kings. Uh, it was the same night that Rudy Gobert <laughs> tested positive. I was going to the movie theater with my wife. It was the last time we went out in public. And it was a ghost town because as all of this was being unveiled, everybody was rushing out of public areas as quickly as they possibly could. There was no one inside the movie theater. We left. What was it like for you to be on scene? Preston, it's, it's a game and a night I will always remember. I saved my credential from that evening because it was so bizarre. You know, we, we had heard um, we were at the arena when we heard about the OKC Thunder game being First it was delayed, and then it was canceled. And that was our first inkling that, hmm, something's up. What's going on? And then it, it, it was kind of like, do you ever have a bad dream and you can't react fast enough? And, you know, you think, oh, if this man were chasing me with an axe, I would do this or this. But really, you just freeze and you don't do anything. That's how we felt all night. That's certainly how I felt. I, I didn't grasp the enormity of the situation at first. And as our game gets delayed and the Pelicans, you know, decline to come out of the locker room. And then, then we realized there was an official who worked that, that game, that um, OKC and Jazz game, now working our game, in theory, if it were to tip off. Um, and then the league not only delaying the, or delaying the game, but delaying the entire season. And then you start thinking, how do we get home? Can we get home? What? Wow, it just it didn't feel like America. Uh, I do have to say the Pelicans were so amazing. Um, you know, we obviously we had to wait on on the charter plane. It was supposed to come later that night, and they couldn't get there any sooner. So Griff took all of us to a restaurant and fed us, and we had wine. <laughs> uh, as far as riding out a, a crisis, uh, it, it was it was the best crisis management I've ever been involved with. And being from Louisiana, I've been in plenty of hurricanes. And you just, you know, I'm texting with different friends across the league, and the Jazz sideline reporter is a dear friend of mine, and she's telling me how they're stuck in their locker room. They cannot come out of the locker room. She's just laying on the floor for hours, yeah. waiting for tests to come, waiting for the results to be processed. It was, it was so bizarre. And then the plane ride home, and we land, and it's super, super foggy. You know, that eerie look that mm -hmm. South Louisiana can have. And you just thought, wow, for probably the first time since Katrina, I really have absolutely no idea what tomorrow and the next week holds. None. Zero. You knew the world was changing, but at least I didn't truly have a concept of how much. Yeah, that, I'm so glad you referenced that because I do remember that picture now. And boy, I hate to say it, but what a precursor to what's happened. Ugh. Anyways, Jen, you're about to have all, all eyes on you, right? Because the basketball tournament is going to be taking place soon in Columbus, Ohio, from July 4th through the 14th. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's the seventh year this is going to be televised, and you're going to be hosting the tournament again. So I'm curious, what are your expectations, um, excitement level of what this tournament's going to bring? 
Hey, I really appreciate you talking about this because this is such a fabulous event. I'm particularly fired up for it this year because I can't wait to get back to work and basketball. <laughs> um, but, but absent of that, it really is just such a unique hoops event. Anybody who loves hoops, you are going to have so much fun watching this. It's, um, you cannot be on a professional NBA roster. So it is a lot of your favorite college alums who are now playing internationally. And this big thing has become that many, not all, but many, many teams um, sport college alumni teams. So for instance, the Ohio State alum crew won the whole thing last year. It's a million dollar winner take all tournament, nice. single elimination. <laughs> so, so, I mean, this, you don't take a second off. This is a big prize pot of money here. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, what's really fun is uh, this isn't where it started, but it is certainly to me where it became popular. Um, Nick Elam, who created the Elam ending to try to avoid all the fouling at the end of games, TBT has always enacted the Elam ending. And it makes the end of games so much fun because you've got to end on a scored basket. And uh, Nick is often there. I don't know this year with, you know, all the new rules about who can be there and who can't, if he'll be there. Uh, but he's a fascinating guy, a uh, hoops junkie, and it is it is phenomenal basketball. You will be on the edge of your seat the entire time. There is no shortage of action going on with our partners at BetOnline.ag. The sports world is slowly making its way back. The NBA is almost here. But right now, UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and international soccer have all resumed play, and BetOnline has the best odds for their upcoming games. Need more? BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day for our devout gamblers to check out. BetOnline also offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. Visit betonline.ag on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. If I could have just one more minute of your time. Look, following the senseless murders of Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, countless other black community members, we want to ensure we do what we can to make a tangible impact on those communities. So Armchair Media will be issuing two $500 scholarships per semester to aspiring black creatives. We're also working with organizations that may allow us to crowdfund. Now, thanks to donations by myself with the help of our friends at Saints Happy Hour Podcast and uh, one of our listeners, Music Is My Refuge, that number should potentially grow to four. Please DM me if you want to contribute. Look, if you've ever been dismissed as having an unrealistic career path, if you butted heads with parents or teachers, if you have feared to express yourself or, or put your work into the world due to backlash, Please apply. We recognize that there are creatives out there who may have bypassed college, who, who didn't get into college because maybe their passions didn't translate to college, or, or maybe you simply didn't have enough money to go to college. This is why there's only three requirements. An aspiring creative African-American, you must be under the age of 21, and you have to submit a project. That can be graphic design, photography, writing, audio, video, journalism, creative writing, whatever. Just submit it, scholarship, at armchairallamericans.com. That's scholarship at armchairallamericans.com. We can't wait to see your application. That's pretty exciting, and it'll be good to get some sports back in our lives. I know it's been a long time coming. Uh, and some basketball. Press some basketball. What did I say? <laughs> you said just sports. I mean, I know golf's back on, and, well, we got soccer overseas, but come on, this is basketball. 
<laughs> yeah, it's exciting stuff. It's our number one uh, passion for sure. And with that being said, Jen, I know we've had our doubts, and I know the numbers in Florida are rising, but the NBA is right around the corner. Players are slated to arrive uh, around the same time you'll be at your tournament, July 9th through the 11th that weekend. And uh, it's it's uncertain for sure with the bubble uh, being as uh, expansive as it is, but just in terms of the players and their shape, Jared Dudley has mentioned on Twitter that they could be susceptible to soft tissue injuries, that sort of thing, uh, due to the extensive layoff. However, Andrew Lopez is reporting that Zion has actually been in the gym working every day uh, thanks to a provision the NBA uh, allows players rehabbing back into the facility. Do you expect Zion to pick up right where he left off? Would you expect him to be even better conditioning? Or what are you looking forward to most when you see him play? The easy answer is, of course, just seeing him back out on the court. I think you are going to see him in better condition cardiovascularly and just in terms of healing from that injury now than we did at the beginning of the season. Now, of course, we all know there's no substitute for contact, whether it's football or basketball. So I think that will be an adjustment for him. Um, but I think just like we saw in the regular season, he'll he'll get it very quickly. That curve, that curve he will master um, as he did when he came back to, to play during the regular season. Uh, he has been in the gym every day. He stayed here in New Orleans. Uh, he was able to go in and rehab. He was able to go in and get his work in. And, uh, you know, you got to love youth. And not to say that the older players aren't, but certainly Zion, he has not been deterred by this in the least, you know. He is so focused and so hyped and so ready to finish what was really shaping up to be a phenomenal regular season once he came back. And he, he, he takes this personally. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I, I'm hoping, guys, I get to go. I still have not heard how that will work with, um, with sideline reporters. I do know at TBT um, there will be a lot of eyes watching how we do that. I, I, I'm the only reporter allowed inside the TBT arena. And I have to take two COVID tests before I arrive, two COVID tests once I get there. I have to go five days early and quarantine in my room in Columbus, Ohio, <laughs> um, and not come out. Um, Netflix. <laughs> prior to the third test. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot of hoops, ha, 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 pun intended, to jump through. Um, obviously better safe than sorry. But, but I have a feeling a lot of people will be watching that to see how TBT handles it, what are the, you know, mistakes are inevitable, it's a new situation, what are the challenges that pop up, um, I'm going to be in Columbus a long time, it's going to be three weeks, all in all, total. Wow, um, so could you envision maybe staying up to two, two and a half th months in Orlando, because let's face it, Jen, this is going to be a much bigger experiment that the NBA is going to conduct, so I'm curious on your thoughts, in looking over whether, you know, what the league published with the 113 page protocol manual to what you've heard, how confident are you in the NBA in getting this off the ground and basically keeping this campus environment safe throughout the event? I think it truly depends on the will of the players. Um, if, if they are committed to the idea and flexible, then, then, I think it will at least work initially. Now, what happens? We've seen the LSU and the Texas football programs where you had 10, 15 players test positive for COVID. Knock on wood, please, God, don't let that happen. 
if that does happen in a CBT or Orlando setting, how does that change things? I know we're saying they're going to treat it like an injury, but man, if you get a whole team wiped out or something, um, I, 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 most of the players in my mind, to my knowledge that I've spoken with are excited, committed, and not worried to getting back. There are a few who are proceeding with caution. So I think as it gets closer, they're really going to have to do some soul searching about what do they feel safe with protocol wise. There's also now the issue, um, you know, that Kyrie Irving started that, hey, until the Black Lives Matter movement is a little more settled, he doesn't want to play. He's enrolling players in that effort. Um, could that derail plans? I, I, I don't know. It's, it is certainly changing interesting times. That is for sure. Yeah, and there have been plenty of debates about what is the best way to further the Black Lives Matter movement. And I know there have been articles even today written on it. But to go back to just what you were saying, Jen, uh, there have been players around the NBA like Trevor Ariza, who wanted to spend time with his child, Davis Bertans, who has an incoming contract for the Pelicans specifically. Uh, we don't know their personal issues the way that you would, but we do know that players like Derek Favors is an incoming free agent. Brandon Ingram is lining up for a big payday. Do you think these players are concerned with such a few amount of games after such an extensive layoff that they could perhaps, uh, I don't know, lose on some of that money that they've earned? You have to be. It's a business, right? I go to work. Do I love what I do? Absolutely. But do I go to work and expect a paycheck? Yes. And, and to some extent, they have to be the same way. Uh, that being said, I certainly feel like the way the team was ramping up, the excitement and the, the feeling around the team, that was going to be all of the future free agents and potential free agents. That was their last time to leave an impression. That was their signature going into free agency. And I think they feel like they got cheated out of that and they want to leave that mark. They want to write that part of the story for themselves because uh, this team was on an upward trajectory really as of the end of December, and, and certainly once January rolled around and Zion came back, it was really getting exciting. And, and I think a lot of those players want that chance to leave that final impression uh, on, on potential suitors. Dan, your colleague, Antonio Daniels, says that he thought during the regular season the Pelicans were going to make the playoffs over the remaining, what was it, like 16, 17, 18 games. He still maintains that they're going to get into at least a play-in tournament. When we recently talked to him, so I'm curious, I'm going to put you on the spot. How do you think the Pelicans will fare <laughs> know, in Orlando? Right? I mean, just take your best guess or say whatever you want on the matter, but I feel like they're honestly primed to do well just because of the makeup of the team, how they play and such. What are, what's your thought on how they'll do? There is no margin for error. That's the thing. You got to come out of the gate hot. You, you, you don't have the ramp up time that some of these other teams might. When you just look at the fact, the racing room, you know, eight games playing in type of thing, if we stick with that, where you have to get to. Uh, however, this team thrives on adversity. Um, this team plays with a really healthy chip on its shoulder. They certainly feel like they have something to prove, and they're tired of being discounted, and they're tired of being disrespected. And every player I have spoken with has at least said, and I, I believe them, they have been very committed to staying in the best shape they could. This has not been – certainly, sure, it's been a layoff, but it has not – you know, they haven't been sitting on the couch – 
eating pizza and, and just watching movies. They have all been committed to the idea that the season would resume and they have a job to finish. So I think they're going to come in mentally and physically extremely ready for the challenge at hand. I think they make it. And let's face it, I think the league and the TV networks want them to make it because they want Zion in that playoff picture. Jen, you know, we've been talking a lot about the players staying in shape and getting back into game action, but we haven't really been speaking to you about that as much. You've been away uh, from your typical nine to five for about three months now, and you mentioned the routine that comes with it. Are you a little bit nervous to jump right back into it? Do you think you might be a little rusty? Oh, geez. I hope not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. I hadn't thought of that. You're, you're, putting, you're putting doubts in my mind. Exactly. Blame Preston done, now. <laughs> I certainly have done a lot of podcasts and interviews like this. But, you know, Preston, yeah, I think it's a good point. I, I certainly am used to – I do NFL and NBA – so I normally have about three months off in the summer, and I do always say that first NFL preseason game back, you know, it's like, okay, knock the rust off a little bit. So I'm sure there will be a little bit of that, but it's nothing that I haven't been used to for going on 11 seasons now. So hopefully there won't be much of a curve with me. If you feel like I'm slipping, <laughs> you'll have to let me know. <laughs> I'm going to bring you back to basketball, Jen. So I want to ask you, this, this was – Wow, what an up-and-down season, right? We're not going to talk about that start and a 13-game losing streak. But the way the team finished, obviously everybody's riding a high. What was your favorite development? Was it just seeing Zion and what he could do instantly in the NBA? Brandon Ingram's all-star season? Maybe Lonzo Ball's incredible improvement, right, over the season? What would you pick? Oh, geez. That's like asking someone to pick a favorite child, Ollie. I knew it. Or a favorite so restaurant. Me, you, you, can, you can give me two or three. You can give me two or three. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, well, I do have to say I fell in love with Brandon Ingram. Um, totally judging a book by its cover. I, I did not expect him to be the sweet, friendly, loving guy that he is. Um and and so it was such a treat to get to know him over the season. I think him being from North Carolina, he really feels at home here. He really feels like this is family. So to see him make the all-star roster was fantastic. I hated that he was injured going into it and didn't probably get to deliver the performance he thought that he could. But nonetheless, the fact that, that he was there, he made it. And hopefully it's just nothing but an upward trajectory from here. It's awesome to see the nice guy win for once, you know. Um, of course, Zion, yeah, that's, that's phenomenal. From, from his start, so, so typical of the season, from the start where he seemed so cold and like such a bust. And, oh, my gosh, do you remember those national announcers? We're writing him off after the first half of his debut, and then he comes back and drains all those threes in like a minute and a half. Yeah, it's like, okay, <laughs> give him a second. He's a rookie. He's going to need just a moment to figure this out. He um, shut him up real quick. Other, that was incredible. <laughs> they sure did. They sure did. That narrative switch. Uh, the other thing that I would say most definitely, having covered Drew Holiday for so long and what he means to the city and how he and Lauren have handled their, their business. Cause gosh, that couple has been through some adversity with all of her health issues while being pregnant. Everybody knows that story. Mm -hmm. To see him step up and not just do it cause he felt like he was being asked to and it was his duty, but to embrace this idea that he was the leader on this team, the face of the franchise 
to see him pulling guys aside and, and teaching them on the bench and, and, and growing into that role, um, that was really fun and rewarding for me to watch because I just cannot imagine a better leader and a better person and a better role model for these young guys who so many of them, you know, the rookies had a semester at college and, and even the ones who've been in the league two or three years, they're still freaking 22, 23 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's such, such a mainstay. And I'm so happy that he was able to not endure the role of being the leader and the guy, which I think in the beginning he was a little bit like, Ooh, Whoa, that's not me. Um, but really embrace it, enjoy it, and, and find a lot of a lot of reward in it. That that was really cool for me to watch. Great stuff, Jen. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the pod. Uh, you've been more than gracious with your time. I don't want to take any more of it. I'm going to let Ollie take you out. Uh, Jen, thank you so much. Oh, thanks yes, for th- having me, Preston. Anytime. Yeah, this was wonderful, Jen, because we've all been missing basketball. And I know we were thinking of doing this earlier, right, when you were in the midst of the Pelicans playback season. And my goodness, doesn't that seem like that's been months ago? So ah, it really does. <laughs> yeah. So I just want to wish you the best, honestly, during the tournament in Columbus, because we're all going to be watching. And we hope that somehow you're going to be connected with, you know, what's going to happen in Orlando, too. Me, too. Fingers crossed. From what I know from my colleagues who have heard, they will be broadcasting remotely from studio. So if I had to place a bet, I would think that's what it's going to end up for us as well. But, um, but I haven't heard yet, so I'm still holding on to hope that I get to be there in person. Well, Jen, I do you think that – I'm sorry, real quick, I just want to jump in. Jen, do you think that would involve maybe Joel being able to, at least from remote, being able to basically commentate the games that we all love to hear? Oh, yeah, I, I, I think most definitely. I, I think okay. he and AD for sure. Um, my question is, selfishly, well, you've got to have a play-by-play and an analyst. You have to. My question, at least the way I approach sideline reporting, if I can't be there, I think it diminishes what my job is. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, um, absolutely. Joel's told me that, so too, I, before. <laughs> right, right. I, I need to be on site. So if if it turns out I can't, I'm going to have to come up with some creative ways to make sure that I'm an asset and not just another voice that is just simply doing what they could do from studio. I was actually talking to Cassidy Hubberth of ESPN, who does some sideline reporting uh, herself, and we were talking about this exact same issue because Bleach Report's only sending Taylor Rooks. Uh, Vox Media's not sending anybody. It's going to be a very small populace. So I think what's going to happen, Jen, is some player is going to have an iPad, an iPad with your face on it, and you're just going to have to ask questions through the iPad. <laughs> Might have to. At this point, let me know what I need to do, and I'll make it happen. <laughs> All right, Jen. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Best of luck next month. Thanks so much, guys. Take care and be safe. Thank you for listening to The Bird Calls on the Armchair All-American Network. If you like what you're hearing, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes, retweet, share with your friends, and most importantly, subscribe today. Hey, what's up, Pels fans? I want to take a moment to tell you about our friend Ralph Malbro and Andrew Juge at Saints Happy Hour. Not only are they the podcast that Sean Payton hates, uh, if you guys haven't heard that excerpt, you need to, uh, but they cover the Saints with a perfect blend of sincerity and uh, stupidity. Uh, God's honest truth. I love this podcast you guys 
I listen to every episode. Uh, it's it's honestly my favorite. I probably listen to 30 podcasts per week, and I never miss these guys. Not only because I love the New Orleans Saints. I've had, uh, I had season tickets from 1991 to 2002. But honestly, these guys are just freaking hilarious. I podcast all the time, as you guys know, and, and I often lament that I'm not as funny as these guys. So make sure you download their podcast, Perfect Blend of Fun and Saints Coverage. Search Saints Happy Hour wherever you get your podcasts, and let them know we sent you.